welcome y'all. That's right. This is the Pregame Engineer Tugame Racing Podcast, episode number 286. Today's Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. I'm Tugame Rusty Wallace in the PTM Podcast Studio in Atlanta, Georgia. Podcast is sponsored by you. That's right. Go to patreon.com forward slash PTM. Join the Watch Drink Club for as little as $1 a month. Get that free koozie. Get some stickers. Best part is every cent this year. We're once again donating to sponsored drivers. So join the PTM Posse today. Be a part of the sport you love. This week's show, as always, brought to you by our official sponsors at that $5 and up per month level. Here they are. Aaron Bearden, Robert Kevin, your home McClam, Eric Kevin, Ryan Keeper, Patrick Cleary, Jeff Brown, Brandon Crowd, Kathy McDonald, Brandon Carl, Rika Porter, Julie Bosley, Andrew Griffith, Third Younger Motorsports, David Mullins, Patrick Johnson, Brett Morris, Crystal Smoke, Fred Rosado, Chad Nappin, Stacey Coleman, Lisa Chinata, Rick Houston, Sarah and Barry, Evan Roller, Matthew Bishop, Harry Balzania, AJ Evangelista, Janet Scott, Les Miller, and Jumpy Bob. Woo! All right. Got them all? Got them in before the, uh, before the song ends? Uh, I didn't do a great job of fading out the music there, but there it is. All right. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It happens. <laughs> From the PGM North Carolina studio. What's up, dude? Man, I tell you what. Got the old uh, Moderna number two today. Feeling pretty good. Nice. Nice. Ready to well get done. on an airplane and go to a racetrack, my man. Dude, uh, the clock is ticking on me. I've got three more days. Friday is like the end of the incubation period. So I got mine like two Fridays ago. And so as soon as <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like counted down, like it's New Year's Eve or something, right? Uh, three, two, one. Yes. And then I, I don't know. I'm going to, uh, I got to do something irresponsible. I don't know what. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. I, I probably am supposed to wait two weeks from today, but yeah. Uh, racing and stuff. Racing. <laughs> racing. <laughs> Gentlemen, start your engines. Uh, speaking of starting the engines, what you drinking on tonight, Sherwin? Um, well, it, uh, it is Taco Tuesday and you inspired me. Mm. So I got a Dos Equis lager. Nice. Pretty good, isn't it? It had been a while for me. The Double Deuce was the last time I think I'd had one it's, when we used to uh, get those. It's quite tasty, all things considered. It's certainly better than a Budweiser for <laughs> lagers. That goes without saying. Well, dude, you know what day today is. So, of course, I had to run to the store and grab a Sweetwater 420. See, I I didn't math that out correctly because <laughs> I should have got some of that, but it is 420, and I did post some things about Willie Nelson today on the, <laughs> on the Twitter handle. <laughs> well done. Well done. I, I got to admit, uh, because the beer scene has exploded so much and all that, I don't know the last time I had a 420, and, um, you know, it's pretty darn good. Uh, it, it's a tasty beer, mm-hmm. especially for, a, a a a start, a startup, you know, what, 1997, I think. Is that it? That yeah. was their first thing they did was yeah. 420 and, uh, they nailed it. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, they, they, their headquarters is now, I don't know. It's the closest brewery to my house, except for one small super micro, uh, that they opened up in Chambly, which I'm wearing my Chambly shirt today, by the way. But um, oh, nice! The uh, they're really close. Uh, it's really easy to get to Sweetwater, and it's really easy for me to get there from Buckhead, and for Serena to get there from Atlanta, from Midtown, and so we meet up there <laughs> way too often now because <laughs> they've got almost all outdoor Routinely. seating. <laughs> yeah, it's almost all outdoor seating. So if it's a nice day, we're like Sweetwater. Yep, Sweetwater. So go down there, and and they have uh, they must have twenty to twenty five beers. Uh, and most of them you can't get outside of the brewery. They're just playing with something that day. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh, that's excellent. There's, there's one almost that close to me. Well, actually, I mean, if you, in terms of proximity is closer and, uh, there's a guy that I, I work with. It's like, you know, whenever it is, they open up, I owe you a beer because <laughs> I've been helping him a lot with his product development stuff. And I was like, you just let me know. It's like, I don't know, tap, it's tap room, tap something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but he likes beer, and he knows I like beer. And he's like, yeah, let me go buy you a beer. And it's literally, I mean, it's like a par 10 from here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dude, I've got a little uh, story to tell. I like, I like starting the show off with little stories every once in a while. Um, this one has to do with... This email that I get probably every three months or so, and we, we host the, the .com, the PTM.com on 
uh, it's from domain.com is who we uh, uh, buy the domain from or whatever. Doesn't matter, but we're affiliated, whatever it is. Uh, our, our vendor for the .com is domain.com, right? And so I apparently, I don't know if they sell your information or what it is, but there's this company, and I'm not. I'm going to try not to like dox anybody on the on the show here. But there's this company that does like this security scanning stuff, and they're a legit company. But they have some pretty illegitimate ways of of trying to bait you into like buying their stuff. So every three months or so, I get some email that's like, "We found malware on your website. If you don't want it to be shut down by Domain.com, you know we're contracted by them to find blah blah blah. Then you need to contact us immediately." And I'm like. Uh, and I, and I log into the website, I go into our administrative dashboard. I look through some stuff. I'm like, "Mm, Nope, (laughs) you're, you're lying. So, but this time I decided, I decided to engage. Right. (laughs) And, right. (laughs) And they, they hooked me up with this one dude out in Phoenix. It's not like some overseas thing or whatever. And he, he calls my cell phone, which was funny because, uh, uh, Apple or Google or whoever it is, um, they, uh, they showed it as like scam alert, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I didn't pick up the phone, but uh, we emailed back and forth a little bit and, uh, but he left a message and I mean, he was like, you must uh, blah, 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 but hackers got into your website this past Saturday. So I, I emailed him back and I'm like, dude, what's the deal here? Like what, what can you tell me where this malware is or where this phishing is? Or he said that people put like advertisements on our website for, for all kinds of uh, nefarious stuff. <laughs> like, evidently, ptmpodcast.com is open for business right now. I named this show. <laughs> uh, I The title of, the, of this episode is The Accidental PTM Podcast Store. <laughs> so we are, we're selling, baby. We're selling Cialis, evidently. We're selling all kinds of mess. I don't know what, but... Um, if we're selling boner pills, we should at least get to do a read and get a little cash out of it. <laughs> right, right. Give me something for that. So what I did, uh, I, I said, can you send me some sort of evidence, some sort of like, what did you find? Because I would, I would love to, to know so that I can go fix it. And he said, well, here, and, and he pasted a screenshot of what was evidently some malware scanner. I mean, it's all, you know, fake bullcrap, but it had it had various links on our website, like, one of them was from, uh, like, if you go on our website and click the, like, July 2015 link, it just has, like, the four episodes we did in July of 2015 on that page. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing on there. There's uh, absolutely nothing but just, you know, the podcast and a link to the podcast, and that's it. And so, <laughs> and so uh, there was a bunch of our links, and then next to each link, it was, like, uh, fishing. And then the next one was like pharmaceutical products. And the next one was, you know, fishing. And the next one was malware and all this stuff. Right. And so, <laughs> so Rusty got in a mood <laughs> and I decided that I was going to go to their website and I was going to produce a fake report. So we have uh Rusty's rust scan is what we called it. And um, the Rusty's rust scan, I just pulled a bunch of their links. Right. And I was trying to decide on what categories that they that I was going to ding him on, right? Because he had pharmaceutical and malware and blah blah blah. So the three that I came up with, the uh, the first one I said sea urchin porn. So you know you don't want that on your website, do you? You got to get rid of the sea urchin porn. I don't know what sea urchin porn is, but uh, you know that's that's pretty bad stuff. So um, I don't even know what the hell sea urchin is. <laughs> right? Much less pornography involved in one of those right? things. Right? Um, the next one I said, uh, Hitler fan fiction. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> you don't want all this Hitler fan fiction on your website, do you? I like, uh, and I made it look real pretty. Like it, it looks official. It's got check boxes and, and, you know, warnings and all this mess. And then the last one was, uh, male dehancement pills. So like if you went on PTM podcast and you overdosed on your Cialis or something and, and you need the, you know, the antidote, uh, go over to their website and get the dehancement pills and you know, you'll be good to go. <laughs> Is that like the four-hour rule or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Four hours later, you know, the blood rushed back to back to your head. <laughs> I wonder if that didn't stem from some very disruptive behavior that I saw on the Twitter and engaged in when I should not have. Oh, I doubt it. This happens every three months. This was the first time I decided to engage, and um, and the response back was. Okay, well, uh, glad you're uh, taking care of it. Take care. Um, you know, be sure to have some security stuff. See you later. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was very disappointing that the uh, uh, that the response was so benign. I was I was waiting on something. You know, really, uh, like, hey, 
what's going on? <laughs> what's up with your website? The Rusty's Rust Detector has found some some pretty nefarious stuff. So anyway, that was my <laughs> story. That's a fun word. <laughs> I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty proud of Hitler fan fiction and the male dehancement pills. Hitler so. fan fiction <laughs> will probably get some people excited. <laughs> so. For obvious reasons. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, so we're telling stories. I want to tell one that had me falling in the floor today without taking up too much time of the podcast. One of my directs told me a story about how he had run over a softball with his lawnmower. Oh, no. And put a hole in his neighbor's house. <laughs> and we joked, and this is two weeks ago, we were laughing about it. And he goes, that dude came over to the yard and was like, man, I got a hole in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to play stupid about it. <laughs> and he's like, well, if, you know, this old guy with, I mean, he had this whole elaborate story that had me rolling in the floor. Because the guy's old. He's and he's got an oxygen tank that he pulls around. <laughs> he's he talked about how he went through the yard and knocked and fell over. So I mean, just it just it just kept going. It was like somebody had written a comedy show and he was just telling the <laughs> truth. And he finally like he he was like I, he didn't admit to doing it, but mm-hmm. he's like, well, if you buy the vinyl, I'll get up there and I'll I'll reinstall it for you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, Gerald, you're going straight to hell, man. <laughs> Why did you just tell him you did it? <laughs> but apparently the dude found out because it, it you know, rain was blowing in sideways oh, like gosh. it was a Forrest Gump movie. And it was getting into his drywall in whatever the room of that house was. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm dying because, I mean, obviously that's not cool, but. The way he was telling, he just has a way about, te- you know how people have a way about uh-huh. telling, uh-huh. just laugh even though you're not supposed to? Like, I was I was like, Gerald, God almighty. <laughs> it, was, oh, man. it was funny. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, man. My, my glasses are fogging over from uh, from laughing so much here. I, I love that way. You know, that that's something I, that might be a, I don't know if that's a Southern thing or whatever, but. When you you tell somebody, dude, you are going straight to hell. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, speaking of going to hell, Sherwin, we didn't get to talk about it much last week, but uh, you took a little trip down to New Orleans to visit some friends. Tell us about it. Oh man, that it was so much fun. We spent most of our t- so they live in the. In the south side of yep. the French Quarter. Yep. And, I mean, we'd, we'd stuck a toe in the water on <laughs> Bourbon Street for, like, three total hours at a dueling piano bar. But there was so much other stuff to do. Like, it... That, obviously, going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras and doing all that... All the stuff we you and I did in college with the fraternity and all that stuff. Obviously, we had a absolute blast Mm -hmm. but now it's like all right i want to go somewhere i want to get a really good bourbon cocktail and i want to get some shrimp and grits Mm -hmm. and you were hanging with uh juliet miranda yes morning neurosis juliet miranda uh at morning neurosis the the author and host of the uh uh what is it oh my god it's something rant. Uh, why am I losing my mind right now? Because you're on. Because you're live. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, it, it's the Unwritable Rant. Yes. Podcast. And her husband, um, David, is the an awesome dude too. I mean, it, it is cool. They got a little flat apartment in, like, on the second floor of in the French quarter. Like, it's so cool. Like, it's just, it's so cool. I don't need, I don't know how Dang. to describe it because it was that cool. Dang. No and wonder she's so into art. whiskey. Cause that is, uh, that's prime, like Sazerac and whatnot. 
Oh, I had Sazeracs, I had Manhattans, mm. and if you order a Manhattan in New Orleans and you don't ask for it up, uh-huh. you'll get it in a highball with rocks, which is fine by me. Okay. But, mm. you know, whereas you go somewhere highfalutin, like some of the places where you and I have lived, and you ask for a Manhattan, you get it up, mm-hmm. like in a cocktail glass. But they serve it rocks, like it's uh, old-fashioned. Interesting. Okay. Um... And I mean, it was just, it was so cool. We went to Cafe Du Monde, got fresh, hot beignets, cafe Mm -hmm. latte. I mean, that's all they do at Cafe Du Monde is you can only get beignets and a coffee. That's all they got. Yeah. And there was a line 50 people deep. And it took us about five minutes to get through that line. That's that's funny. That's exactly the experience we had uh, last. Well, uh, if you don't count 2020, <laughs> we call it last year uh, when we went down there. Same thing. We were like, yeah, let's go get some beignets at uh, Cafe Du Monde. We get down there and we're like, oh, my God, the line. So we just jumped in line just to figure out if we even wanted to stay there. And next thing you know, we had a bag of beignets and a coffee. <laughs> like, oh, OK, never mind. It's fine. Yeah, like. So the last morning I was there, which was Monday morning, um, I uh, I was like, you know, there's one only two blocks away, a beignet cafe. I was like, I was thinking about getting up early enough to just go down there and get some. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we could go down to Cafe Du Monde. I was like, yeah, that's 10 blocks away, though. <laughs> yeah. I already done had them. Right. I was like, I might as well right. try somebody else's. Let me try that. And it was a little cakier. Than the Cafe Du Monde, but it was still delicious. Uh, but yeah, recommend New Orleans to anyone who's listening. Don't worry about Bourbon Street. There ain't nothing for you there unless you're there for Mardi Gras. There's so much better stuff. I mean, live music, mm. good food, good you know, good drinks, whatever you want. South Side, French Quarter, trust me. Royal Street, St. Louis Street. You you're good. Mm-hmm. You you don't even have to leave that. There's like a eight block quadrant. You don't even have to leave. Mm-hmm. That they got everything. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, we we did go on Bourbon Street one night, and it was just kind of like it was a little awkward. Like, uh, what do we do? And then we go into some place, and they they don't have any regular drinks. They're all you know weird. And you're like, I don't know if I'm getting scammed. Like this is just fruit juice, or if there's so much liquor in this that I'm not going to be able to make it home. Uh, I don't know. So, <laughs> well, I, you know, I didn't even have a hurricane. Oh, yeah. Didn't do it because David oh. was like, there's too much sugar in that. You don't want nothing to do with that. Trust mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And so David is a, is a former bass player. So oh, cool. of course he had a guitar and I got to beat on that a little bit, which is pretty <laughs> nice. cool. Cause I'm sure it was an expensive guitar. Nice. And, uh, it, it, it was just neat. Like it was so cool. Like I, so the room that I slept in is where Juliet does, does the podcast. For oh, cool. Okay. And so I got to see all their equipment. Um, it was, that was cool too. Uh, just from a perspective. Cause you know, obviously her podcast is like 10,000 listeners <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is, you know? Uh, but it, it was just, they were just, they were great hosts. Like we just got along. Like mm-hmm. you just kind of like, you know, you're going to get along with somebody. You just get along. It was like, Hey, I'm here. And they're like, cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I bought this ring. Nice. Uh, to replace the one that I lost. Oh, bummer. I didn't know you lost that one. But I, th- there's some history to this thing. Cause I, I bought it from a, uh, a state sale real reseller. Interesting. And okay. so David looked at it and he's like looking at the wear on it and looking at the pattern and looking out has no seam on it. He goes, he goes, that rings at least 50 years old. I'm like, all right, I already got a story then. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't need any other souvenirs from new Orleans. I got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was half off. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Um, I look forward to getting back there at some point and, uh, yeah, we got to wander the streets down there. That'd be fun. We, me and you need to go to New Orleans. We, we need to hit up all the news because me and you hadn't been up to New York, and that we we can have some fun up there. Oh, we you and I need to go to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Rednecks do Manhattan needs <laughs> yeah. to be like a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've I've been there so much now with uh, with the old job. Uh, I was going up there every other week, so 
I, I at least have the skinny on some of the places. I'm not like some expert wacko whatever, but uh, but I, I at least I can get my way around. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not just newbie touristy. What's funny is that like nobody at my company wanted to stay anywhere near Times Square. They hated that. But I was always like, yeah, put me in Times Square. That's fun. Why not? Like I'm, I'm in New York. I might as well. I never really got tired of it. So um, some cool places around there. Well, yeah, and my cousin lives two blocks away from 27th and or 29th and 7th. Okay. Which is where that rooftop bar thingy is. Yeah, yeah, Southside. And and he Rusty, I'm telling you, you and I make each other laugh all the time. <laughs> it, my cousin Matt is hilarious. Fantastic. And he's a Wall Street finance lawyer. Well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't owned a car in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's been in Manhattan that long. He's got a one-bedroom apartment, basically. And he I don't even want to know what his bank account looks like. <laughs> we probably can't count that high. He's got some crooked numbers <laughs> and a lot of zeros. <laughs> oh, man. So... I, I do want to give a quick uh, uh, report here. Um, the wife was out and about this evening, and I was putting together show notes, and I was like, I got to get something to eat. Open up the the refrigerator, and I think like the only thing I can make was eggs and cabbage, uh, and I do not know how those two things can go together. <laughs> but I, I guess there's a Japanese dish called okonomiyaki uh, that uh, I think I, I absolutely hate it. It's disgusting. My wife likes it, but uh, I. <laughs> I was like, I ain't fixing to even try any of this eggs and and cabbage nonsense. So I went to McDonald's, and they've got them a new spicy chicken sandwich, and they have upped the game on spicy level for fast food restaurants. So good job, McDonald's, for uh, your spicy chicken sandwich. So I'm... uh, Well, yeah, shout out to Bubba Wallace. Yeah. He he needs to be hawking that daggum sandwich. There you go. I'm I'm a fan. (laughs) Uh, Well, I shouldn't say I'm a fan. Yeah, the taste was like meh. But it it'll light you right up. I was uh, I was happy with uh, you know had to blow my nose a couple times. So nothing wrong with that. Crap! If it lights you up, I don't even need to go anywhere <laughs> near it. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's not that bad. It's not gonna. It, it wasn't a lingering hot. It was just like uh, you know you take a bite and you're like McDonald's. Look at you. You're, you're trying to be somebody. All right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's do it, dude. Let's tear it down. There it is, and we're starting the teardown with the highest accolade that anyone can get on the PTM podcast. I mean, we've got bachelor's masters, PTM PhD, but then there's this. Oh, sir. I don't know if we no, we played it once this year. Cause you, you called it one time, but that one right there is for Jeremy course last week. You know, he's, he's kind of a NASCAR insider, right? He's friends with Brent. He knows some stuff and he busted out. Bowman at Richmond, uh, and and I think both of us sat there scratching our heads like Bowman. Okay, interesting choice. And then he runs off and gets a checkered flag, and you're like, "All right, something something's up here. I don't know about all this." <laughs> well, so uh, as I am prone to do, being <laughs> a, a a pretty emotional and reactive person, man, that was that was something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just Jeremy calling the win, but Bowman winning and the emotion that he showed during his interview. I was, I, I mean, I straight up lost it. Well, I was reading I, Gluck's yeah. article today uh, about it and just, um, you know, reflecting back on what he got, uh, who did he get fired by? Uh, it, was it, um, Baldwin racing? Yes. Like he got fired from Baldwin racing and, and, and was completely, you know, up the creek, if you will. And uh, and then it was like, hey, Junior's sick. Why don't you go ride his car and drive it around? And next thing you know, who's in the 48? <laughs> you know, that's pretty crazy. Well, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like I, I was talking to somebody offline about this, about, you know, Bowman is one of the guys that did it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had all these starts in not great cars. He got fired, and probably because the money thing was just not checking out. Mm-hmm. And Hendrick was like, "Man, this guy's really good on a sim." Yeah. What, what if we What if we just hire him to do that to help us with setups so that we don't have to, 
you know, have Junior and Jimmy and Jeff and Casey, you know, drive the sim. Mm-hmm. And it worked out so well that, he, like you said, he ends up getting to fill in for Junior. And then all of a sudden now he's in arguably one of the, what, five or eight premier cars in the sport. Absolutely. And the provenance of that uh, of that car you know, I mean, not exactly, not that exact car, but just a number that's hung on the side and whatnot. I mean, yeah, there, there's something to be said there that, that like you said, gets you, <clears throat> gets you a little emotional, gets you going like, all right, this is, this is pretty cool. And, uh, and the legacy, the 48 and all that. So what can I say? Well, and, and doing it like a hundred percent the right way. I mean, mm-hmm. he just was a racer. And what I loved hearing on one of the podcasts I listened to was, they called out Jeff and Clint both for identifying during the broadcast that while Joey and Denny were having great days and Truex, they're like, you know, look at a Bowman over there. He's uh, he's hanging around. Mm-hmm. He's he's here. Mm-hmm. And then he wins the race, and it's like, yeah, got to be in it to win it. <laughs> he, he's there for sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's see. Got some folks on the chat hanging out. Swine Brothers are, are hanging with us. Uh, Heather, Sarah, Roger, Deb, thanks for hanging out. Um, well, with that, Sherwin, uh, well, he beat out, uh, you already said it, Hamlin, Logano. Uh, Christopher Bell was up there. Truex, you already mentioned. Um, how about <laughs> how about Hamlin? I mean, uh, talk about, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride this year. Uh, but, you know, he, he came out and said, I, I thought it was interesting. Some people were calling it, you know, the the loser speech or whatever, but uh, saying that, that I'd rather be where I'm at than where Bowman's at right now. Like, uh, I don't know. Bowman's, you know, not mathematically, but just about a lock for the uh, for the playoffs. So I'm not going to be, <laughs> you know. Well, the, the, the thing that I heard that I listened to today that was most interesting to me was Steve LaTarte on Nate Ryan's podcast, the NBC NASCAR podcast, was Latart being concerned about Hamlin, like because you have that many that close finishes, and that can destroy morale for a team. And so we'll have to see what becomes of you know Denny's season, but he's seen it happen where you have that many close finishes, and then all of a sudden team just sort of disintegrates from mm-hmm. a morale perspective and we already know that denny's got the best pit crew in the sport he's had the best pit crew in the sport for shoot how many years yeah like i mean ever since bust, they, invented they busted the new... off an 11 9 yeah that to was... close the race and they still didn't win the race yeah yeah <laughs> so uh yeah yeah interesting there so other interesting thing, this brings us to eight different drivers that have won this year, meaning nine more gives us a, the magic number, the 17, right? So, so. Well, and so let's count who the nine could be. That's right? what I was so going to do. We, I see what you got written there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got the folks who I feel like are, uh, I mean, in, in an ideal world, who knows, but in an ideal or in, in a normal season or whatever, they're going to, they're going to get a win, right? And I put Hamlin uh, in there, Chase, Harvick, uh, Brad, and Kyle. Uh, now Kyle, of course, uh, had his stuff last year. He ended up getting the win late in the late in the season. But you know, thinking about those five, that brings us down to four more. Uh, unless unless you have any disagreements on those five, but that that means we need four more, right? No, no, you're all over it. Those are exactly the five people that I have named multiple times. I'm yep. like these. These guys are going to win in the next what eighteen races or yep. six or seventeen races. Right, right. So, but you, but then you get you got a Kyle Bu- or a Kurt Bush in there somewhere. Yep. So what? Let, let's break it down one by one. Kurt Bush. Do you see him winning this year? Yeah, he's won every year he's been in Cup except for the year he drove for James Finch. There you go. So that brings us to, what was it, five plus. So we needed four more. So that brings us a three if Kurt wins. I think Austin Dillon has a win in him. Uh, it, definitely at Daytona. 
Well, super speedways. I mean, unfortunately, the dirt had already, uh, you know, passed. I think that was a that was a prime opportunity for him. But yeah, super speedways for sure. Yeah, I think um, I think Dylan is probably in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one I put down, and I, just walking through the top twenty or whatever, uh, maybe twenty five. Stenhouse is up there in points. I'm not sure I've got him in the W column though. I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I look deeper in, I see I see Busher who's running really well. So Busher, uh, you know he's he's proven that he can. Um, Roush looks like they might be picking their pace up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Actually, sorry, I shouldn't say Roush. He's at JTG Doherty, isn't he? With, yeah, yeah, he's at JTG Doherty. They're they're running basically not hammy down, but they're running the same chassis as Dylan is. Isn't he in the seventeen for Roush? That's right. You're hundred percent right yeah. about that. Doherty was yeah. a couple of years ago, but yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about Roush. I so whatever they're doing in the seventeen is proving to be working uh reddick um i mean reddick is probably in the same boat as dylan Mm -hmm. in some respects because they're in the same chassis right newman newman's newman (laughs) i'm not seeing a w there so so let's keep count we've got um if we say kurt and dylan that gets us seven of the nine so we need two more uh busher's like a half of one (laughs) we'll call that uh, a half a win um, and, and so now we need what one and a half more. How about burrito? Well, so I would, I'm going to skip down. Cause okay. I think of the next li- ones that you have listed in our notes, I think Almarola might be the one that's closest. So I, here's, here's my thing is that, um, SHR, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a big news right now, right? SHR needs to step up. Now I put Harvick in the, uh, absolutely camp because he can he can step up to any plate uh, you know I put him in something he's going to win right um, uh, when I when I look at these other guys um, you know Custer uh, uh, who else is in there Briscoe um, yep Briscoe Chastain yeah Suarez well I'm, I'm talking um, SHR um, oh we, oh at SHR yeah yeah, yeah 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 so Almarola is I think clearly the number two here I feel like we've got we've got another half with Almirola. What do you think? I think Almirola can win at an intermediate track. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I you know it's funny because I was thinking about not super speedway, but something like uh, I mean we're uh, like a brickyard style thing, uh, a two miler kind of thing. Um, yeah, I was thinking Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. So we're right on call. the same page. Yeah, there. yeah. There you go. Um, so. Who do we have left? We need we need like one more, right? We've got Bubba, Suarez, Ross. Well, Bubba could definitely well, anybody could win at Talladega. That's mm-hmm. I mean, if if the people that are normally very good at Talladega have a rough day, then all of a sudden you introduce not so the thing that the thing about Bubba and Daniel Suarez is those cars are actually performing better than expected. If you have the realistic expectations for what those cars should be, mm-hmm. they're performing ahead of schedule. They may not be finishing ahead of schedule, but they're performing ahead of schedule. Mm. And so I would say it's probably flip a coin, whether Bubba or Suarez steals one. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at this point, where they're at, where the teams are with, stealing one is kind of what people are going to call it. Yeah. I mean, hell, they're trying to call what Bowman did stealing it. It's like, Uh, yeah, he ran in the top five all day. I don't know about, (laughs) yeah, I don't know about all that. (laughs) What is it it they say about racing all the time, especially the the racers that actually comment on racing? They're like, if you can run in the top five, you can win a race. Bowman was in the top five all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, and that wasn't no fluke. Look at look at Jeremy last week. He had uh, he had you know insider knowledge as we keep saying, <laughs> no, no, not really, but uh, you know he's uh, he's on the radar. Bowman has been, and not only just on the radar, he's on the bullseye. <laughs> so uh, in this race, so I think we figured out uh, you know what uh, what combination of these folks could do that. It is funny though, uh, you know. Once uh, after you after you get the five that are locked in, uh, you know, and that that's harsh or weird to say. Uh, you might have a couple, and then after that, I mean, it does it does need to get uh, you know a little interesting slash dicey or whatever you want to call it. Um, as far as uh, you know, we we said Hamlin, Chase, Harvick, Brad, Kyle uh, as five, so we need four more. I'm going to say uh, if we're going to have four, we're going to see Kurt. We're going to see Austin Dillon. I agree with you that we'll see Eric Almarola, even though he's a little bit lower in the points. And I would call uh, Tyler Reddick uh, if I'm if I'm choosing four more out of uh, out of who's there. Yeah. So if you think about the tracks that Reddick might really be able to use what he's good at, um, the night well the night race at bristol's now in the playoffs so it won't be that one mm. but um any of those tracks that have a nasty surface mm. um he's he's going to have an advantage yeah yeah the same way larson has an advantage uh reddick just seems to he may not be as good of a race car driver as larson is but he doesn't mess his car up as much as Larson does. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that means... Go Go ahead, ahead. sorry. No, I don't know if that means one is more of a cerebral driver than the other, but it just... Reddick doesn't seem to end up in wrecks. We don't hear about Reddick being in wrecks. Yeah. And I I believe if we have, which we normally do have, you know, uh, uh, one rainout race, that's where you're going to see the busher... Maybe a Stenhouse, probably not though. But Busher might, you know, lead some laps there. Burrito started off garbage this year and has has clawed his way back to a uh, uh, top ten uh, this week. So he's, you know, he's uh, I'm, you know, bear market for uh, for Burrito. Um, so um, and and maybe you know at a super speedway, a Bubba or something like that, um, or or even Suarez. I you know Ross, uh, I feel like he's in decent enough equipment to do some Ross stuff, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, so far we haven't really seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the track that may throw people for a loop might be Loudon or Dover. Ooh. Okay. Um, and that might be one of the, where one of those guys just maybe their team nails the setup because mm-hmm. they're so, they're so weird. <laughs> compared to the other stuff that we do yeah yeah i mean we call loudon the big martinsville but it's it's really not it's something it's something different than that because the corners are actually flatter mm-hmm. um and they you know they require you to choose a line um that's a little bit different than most of these guys drive these racetracks you know, they, they really like to be good at Loudon. You have to go, you have to wait way late along the fence and then dive down to the curve to be fast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's something that really probably fits Reddick really well. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's the, the PTM lock of the, of the month. <laughs> On, on what what 17 winners would look like um you know we we've checked off uh, a few of the you know maybe wouldn't have ex- excuse me wouldn't have expected like with a michael mcdowell and maybe in bowman but uh you know there's a lot of talent up top now too so um i i wouldn't count bowman out anywhere at this point i mean he's uh you know well, I, well here's the wild thing is let's say denny doesn't win a race in the first 26, which is pretty much not happened his entire career. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not very likely, but he's got such a big points lead that guess what? Oh, the points leader is an automatic oh, qualifier. There is that. There so is that. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things that could go on so... that might, might still get us to that place where a winner 
doesn't make it to the playoffs. Yeah, so that could potentially be eight more uh, instead of nine. So that's a great point. I love it. Um, Let's move on. How about trucks, man? John Hunter Nemechek, and I'm calling it out in trucks because for the second time this season, he beats out the boss uh, for uh, for the win. That was that was impressive. It was awesome, (laughs) and it all it all it does did is continue to build the um the thought process behind why he would leave a middling cup car to go drive the best truck mm-hmm. uh because and their you know their motto is we're here to win absolutely. winning we're we're here for the trophy absolutely and, and you know to see like again same thing with bowman to see the emotion Mm-hmm. the happiness the excitement that hey you know this is a validation that i made the right decision uh you can't you just can't beat that and him being a legacy driver is just makes it that much better yeah yeah um what was i gonna say just his uh <laughs> uh shoot you were you were talking about how he you know went from the middle cup oh i know what i was gonna say the the whole winning on uh, at, at kbm I mean, uh, look at look at like we we talk about it way too often, but look at when Casey Kane went over and started, you know, drove a KBM truck every once in a while, first or second every time. Like that's uh, that's what they do. Uh, they they've got some special sauce over there. I guess is the point. Special yeah, sauce meaning well, they, a, a truckload of money, but you know, they got the best stuff. And you know, Brad talked about it when he was running his team, and he said we got a little bit different model. We actually have to break even. For this to work for us, mm. Kyle doesn't because he he has Toyota factory money. Ah, yeah. So there's a different input than there was for Brad, even though Brad had some really good equipment. Yeah, and he they won a lot of races. But what Kyle's able to do is not just that they build really good trucks; it's that they have Toyota TRD money. Um, and they have Kyle as a director of what what should be happening. And as it turns out, Kyle is a fantastic talent scout. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt. <laughs> He's like, yep, this guy right here can race. I'm going to put him in one of my trucks, and I, get you, I bet you he's going to win. And they do. Did you see – I uh, mean – Oh, no, go ahead. No, that's, I mean, to me, that's, he, he's almost the same, like he and junior are the same. They don't get credit for how well they spot talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could talk about Josh Berry. I know it's not in the show sheet, but you know, juniors, look at all the guys that have driven a car for junior that are now in cup. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what can I say? Yeah. (laughs) Well, two of them are champions. Chase and Martin Truex. Chase was on his way. <laughs> Truex definitely benefited from that whole ordeal. Oh, yeah. Um, did you see Kyle's uh, petty revenge at the kart track at Coda? I did not. I saw it in your show notes here, and I was like, <laughs> I wonder what the hell this is. Oh, that was I... funny. There's like a seven-second video of it, but uh, uh, he and uh, a couple other folks and Bowman – where and Bowman was leading. This was like a go kart track that that was near Coda or whatever. I I didn't read into all the details, but I watched the seven second video. And Kyle on this big old dog leg, Kyle cut the corner like extreme super cheated, cut the corner and like drove in between some pylons and took the lead at the end. And he's like, "Yeah, I win." <laughs> it was it was funny. It was a Kyle Bush moment that was uh, that was funny in the Kyle Bush way, like. Like anybody else does it, and you think, uh, "What a, you know, fill in the gap here." But right. Kyle does it, and it's <laughs> like, "Okay, well, that's Kyle's way of of being Kyle." Uh, what what can you do? That, but yeah, it it was funny. So um, yeah, it, it's worth the seven seconds of that video to just watch. I him. I will definitely watch that here in just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was such an illegal. Like, totally against the rules. You can't break the rules any more frivolously (laughs) than that. (laughs) It was was like, I'm going to drive through this area where there's, like, uh, you know, fans and other stuff. There weren't fans there, but, like, it was uh, was just hilariously wrong. 
And then he's like, yeah, I kicked your ass. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that, I, guess I don't so. know. That's that's why I've come around on Kyle is, you know, he just he just he just him. He's always him. He's always authentic. He that, is the same person all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Um, and then it, uh, I think somebody interviewed him at some point afterwards and he's like, yeah, I mean, we're not used to getting any speed, so I got to find it anywhere I can. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, you know, being downer on, <laughs> you know, like a little acidic toward what he's currently doing in cup. But it, anyway, definitely go watch that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll laugh. I did have speaking of laughing, cause I thought this was funny. I had something in the show sheet. Uh, if you go to uh, thedrive.com, and um, and there is an article about the Memphis-Arkansas Speedway, and it was NASCAR's only one-and-a-half-mile dirt track. And that sounds really cool. Like, wow, they must have really thought, like, we're going to do a dirt track. We're going to do something different, blah, blah, blah. Look at us. And it turns out that in 1954, they couldn't afford the $100,000 that it would have cost to pave the track. So they said, you know, F it. We're, we're running on dirt. <laughs> so they, instead of paving the track, they just ran it on dirt. And now it's like this legendary, you know, uh, ordeal. But I, I love how I love how that stuff comes together sometimes, I guess, the whole point where where it, it was just a matter of like, uh, we're not we're not going to pay 100 grand to pave this thing. Just have them run on dirt. Who cares? And now it's like, oh, my gosh, this this you know, uh, dirt race, legendary thing. Uh, so anyway, I thought it was funny. No, that's, yeah. I mean, they were still running a lot of dirt back then. I mean, Martinsville was dirt in 1954. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hell, the, the road I grew up on was dirt in, you know, 1981. <laughs> uh, but, well, yeah, Red Dirt Road, baby. Yeah. Brooks yeah. and Dunn. <laughs> um, fifth period here, we were driving through the notes, but... um. I, the uh, there was a uh, one of the commissioners of uh, the Nashville Speedway kind of raised some doubts on NASCAR at Nashville in 2022. Pretty much saying the logistics were like, listen, y'all, uh, like <laughs> it's one of those like grab everybody by the shoulders and be like, listen, let's be real. There ain't no way we can put on a, a cup race in 2022. But, but, you know, after that, all bets are off. So. You know, I, I'm I'm willing to be patient. <laughs> well, I think what um, what Smith said was that they they were going to plan for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bruton's kid. Um, that was their plan, like from the beginning. Once they signed the contract or whatever, the got the permit from the mayor of Nashville was they weren't going to run until 2023. So they've got two two years to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So no doubt. Um, looking forward to that. Let's see. So um, what was uh, what was next on here? Um, oh, I thought this was just funny. Um, Cody Ware caused three cautions, and it, I think it was Mike Joy on the radio or something or on TV, and he was like, after the third one, he was like, uh, and Cody Ware. Yep. <laughs> it was something like that. And and so what was funny about this is that uh, somebody retweeted that, that video and said, and, and I'll quote this. He said, and this is why Cody Ware is a good example of why daddy's money doesn't buy talent. And so I'm going to give props to Rick Ware Racing, who liked that post. <laughs> I thought that was like a good, like no comment, no nothing. They just gave it a heart and moved on. Like, ah, that, that that's a good, like, uh, almost a good middle finger, if you will. I thought it was I had Pretty much. I mean, and and that's <laughs> that's Rick Ware to a T. We, yeah. You know, yeah. we had him on the show. He's he's one of the most fantastic interviews that we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. Like the man just has got a ton of information to disseminate, and you know, he everybody knows that he's not got the best stuff out there, and they're probably not going to win races. So it's funny that he would be like, "Yeah, you know, middle finger." Yeah, I give you a heart. Yeah, 
Moving on. <laughs> and and this, moving on. And speaking of Rick Ware, how about Jennifer Joe Cobb? Last week we heard she was going to race Talladega. I was pumped. I was excited. I was. It was cool to hear. Um, and then this week we hear that NASCAR says no. You're not allowed to run Talladega because of, you know, they they, they have some criteria for allowing people or not. And uh, here's the funny thing. I I mean, I guess I knew about it, but I, I hadn't really thought about it because I can't think of the last time somebody, like, was seriously going to be running a race and then told no, they're not allowed to. But uh, I thought this was very strange to me. I mean, uh, Jennifer Jo Cobb goes back a long way in NASCAR. Uh, she's a full-time truck driver. So, like, I, I don't know. It's weird to me that a full-time driver in the truck series who has led laps at Talladega in the truck is not allowed to run the NASCAR Cup race. Uh, I don't know. This was this was weird to me. I don't know. Well, I'd, I'd like to understand better how the decision was made. Right. But my suspicion is that it's related to the fact that she hit everything but a fan at Richmond. Um, and that just gonna be what it is. Like she impacted the race while running thirty second all day, and I, I would imagine there's probably some people in NASCAR that don't think that's very funny. I, I, I get that. I would say she is a NASCAR, obviously not Cup Series, but a NASCAR veteran. Um, and and though and so you can't help but draw comparisons. Like when when's the next race you're gonna say uh, that? Um, um, you know, what's his butt? The old guy <laughs> can uh, can race. You know, like we, oh, uh, Shepard. Yeah, yeah, Morgan Shepard. Like, if he's allowed to run any race, then I should be able to run a race at this point. And Jennifer Joe Cobb should definitely be able to run a race. Like, what what criteria? How are we figuring this thing out? Well, I I don't. So my perspective is, I don't think she should have been excluded from getting a cup license but i think they made a really bad pr move as a group by announcing that she was going to run the car when her license hadn't yet been approved i, I mean that's that's fair um you know let, let that stuff happen in the background and then uh, what, what's the story later the story later at that point is well we try to get jennifer joe cobb in but uh we couldn't get the license stuff approved and and then it gets kind of swept under but uh you know now now there's uh, i mean uh now the paint has dried so uh, you know we gotta we gotta answer to that now, i don't know i just felt i don't i, I thought well it was i wonder if it has something to do with not having ever turned a lap in a cup car yeah I, and is there's it something about that in the license process um and i don't know if she has or not to be honest with you I, I would be shocked if she hadn't. Well, no, that that would have been her cup debut. Well, I mean, like in a some sort of practice or oh, test session or something, you know, like. But now that we're in the way we do the sport now, it's it's not so easy to get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not you're not allowed if you want to do your own test session. You you have to do it on somebody other than Goodyear's tires. Which at Talladega, I'm not sure how much that matters. I would need somebody a lot smarter than me in terms of the racing stuff to explain to me why it might. But um, I I have a belief that it was about her behavior at Mart or at Richmond and the way she wrecked Norm Benning that they were just like nah. We're not having. We're not having this. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if 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 they didn't look at that, and if it was just that, you know, this is Talladega, this is a different thing. Uh, you know, Kansas is after that, and then I think uh, Darlington, Dover, um, Dover. I would feel like absolutely Darlington, uh, maybe Kansas, maybe. I mean, I like. I, I don't know if this is the end of the line or if this was. A, I don't know how it all works. It's just kind of weird. It is, and you know the way Jen goes about running her truck business is obviously a little bit different. She actually she runs it very similarly to the way Rick Ware runs his. Is that we know we're not here to compete for wins. We're just trying to make enough money to be here, 
and mm-hmm. she showed her ass at Richmond, and yep. she's in a position where, you know, she ain't Kyle Bush. So showing your hind end. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of not Kyle Bush. Uh, and that's the thing, again, just drawing the comparisons, it's like, okay, well, what is this person doing in Cup if if Jennifer Joe Cobb can't run? Or, or what is that person doing? Or what is one of these starting parkers doing? Uh, I mean, we don't really have that as much anymore. But anyway. Um, I don't want to belabor the point too much other than I was just kind of, you know, like, eh, that's a little weird. Hey, um, I don't disagree with you at all. And I, I mean, I read a ton of stuff on the old Twitter and, and there was a bunch of stuff in both directions on it. And honestly, I don't understand why they didn't grant her the license either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if for, for no other reason that she's been as committed as she is to NASCAR, and wanted to try getting into the top level mm-hmm. at a racetrack where she might have a chance to have a decent finish. And I, obviously NASCAR disagreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love, I would love to hear them be a little bit more transparent with the reason. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the biggest thing is how about some transparency here? How about, how about, Yeah owe something to the media or to the drivers or something to say, hey, uh, not this year or not this race or not this track or whatever it is. Um, and, and you know, give us some, I don't know, something there. Uh, but let's, uh, let's move on to some, uh, some happier news. PTM alum, Jesse Awuji. Uh, now, I, of course, we haven't been following <laughs> ever since we went back, you know, racing at, uh, in real life. We haven't been following the Pro Invitational series all that much other than just every once in a while for fun but jesse wuji was voted as the fan favorite we talked about it with uh with jeremy last week about you know some uh um marketing faux pas like don't have online voting or whatever but hey this one turned out great uh he was voted uh by the fan vote to be in that race and he beat out um uh a lot of very uh uh big names there so i thought that was pretty cool for jesse wuji to be able to run that race yeah, I did see that he had won the vote. I did not see who he beat out, but yeah, no. I mean, obviously, you know, Jesse's just a good dude. Yeah. And yeah. he wants to race cars. He loves cars. And it's cool. An American hero. Like, I mean, and come on. he is a naval officer, right. an active naval officer. Right? Like, has to take and a break. And he played sometimes. for Paul Johnson at the Naval Academy. Oh my gosh, I, I, I can't, I can't like somebody any more than this. But uh, speaking of who he, who he beat out, uh, second place was Josh Berry. Uh, third was Landon Castle, and other drivers that were in there were like Justin Allgaier, Noah Gragson was in there, Austin Hill was in there, Ryan Truex was in there. So very impressive to uh, you know step up to the plate against those folks and get the uh, get the fan vote. That's really cool. Well, no better testament the to his ability to market mm-hmm. himself than to beat some of those guys in a vote. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so that that's cool. I mean, I, I hate it for those guys who didn't win that vote, but it's it it's because Jesse is so good at marketing himself. That's why he would win that vote. Yeah. What it also says is that NASCAR fans really, really shouldn't have the stigma about diversity that they have, because. Jesse is a black man from Texas. You know what? Uh, I think the American hero part trumps all other things too. I mean that that's something that NASCAR fans are are you know loyal to. And no, uh, uh, I've got goosebumps right now knowing that a active naval officer uh, is there. Yeah, America, buddy, like that. That's cool as Christmas. So I'm uh, I'm in. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, my my mom's oldest brother was an officer in the Navy, so I got a lot of respect. That's fantastic. My uh, father-in-law was. Uh, my, by the way, my father-in-law was just in a bike race, like bicycle race, uh, this past weekend, and he wore his, uh, like, Navy veteran hat uh, during the whole thing. I thought that was cool as crap because he doesn't bust out the Navy stuff. He's one of those, uh, like, he's he's a nerd like me, and so he, he just doesn't bust out that kind of stuff all that often. 
But he he you know those loud navy veteran oh, yeah. hats that people oh, yeah. have? I know I know exactly the <laughs> ones you're talking that about. That out and I was like, that is awesome. That is cool as crap. I love it. So uh props to Larry. Well done. And America. And with that, let's gas it up, Sherman. There it is. We are going to Dega. Well, not physically, but almost. Almost. I wish Dega was one more week away because I would I'd be like I'd I'd probably be nudging you right now, Sherman. I'd be like, dude, we we kind of got to go to Dega. But I, I I need to you know I, I've spent the last year trying to be good about things and I cannot you know it's one of those like I need to not f it up at the very end, right? So uh, anyway, um, with that, uh, Dega. What can I say other than uh, it's anybody's game? Um, you know, it's all the stuff everybody else talks about, so why do I need to talk about it? But uh, I'm excited to get back there two hours from Atlanta. Like, uh, it's it's a no-brainer. Yeah, You know, you put on a podcast and you BS for a little while, and next thing you know, you're at Dega. Well, you know, I'd fly in on a Thursday night to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then off we go the next morning to Talladega. Talladega. Because I don't. I don't drive anymore. That's that's a new rule. <laughs> and I don't mean not drive like as in I don't get in my car and use it. I'm like driving to Atlanta. I, you know, I got too many damn miles to fool with all that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, it, it's, there's things we, we've talked about on the show before. Once you turn 30, sunscreen is a thing. Once you turn, yes. <laughs> once you turn 40, airplanes are a thing. Like... That's how we're doing this from now on. <laughs> That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, Sherwin, with that, it's time to do some picks. So last week, obviously, Jeremy picked Bowman, who uh, who won. I picked Truex, finished fifth. You picked Chase, who finished twelfth. Uh, overall, decent showing by PTM podcasts and guests. Uh, but that means this week you're going first. So Sherwin, give us a pick. Oh. You know how much this is going to hurt me. <laughs> the best plate racer in NASCAR drives FedEx number 11 Toyota. So I'm picking Denny Hamlin. I, uh, if anybody is here to, to like look at you cross-eyed and start pointing at you and say you're an idiot, uh, they don't belong in the, uh, in the audience, I guess, because that, that's a fantastic pick. And alongside your pick um i'm, I'm gonna go a little crazy because hey it's talladega it's a it's a super speedway and anything can happen so we need you know for for what we were talking about before about having 17 winners or 16 winners if hamlin doesn't win um i'm going austin dylan on this one nice i like it so i thought you were gonna say like bubba oh man i would uh you want to talk about crying i might i might cry if it's bubba <laughs> like that that would be a whole new thing that I don't know how to deal with right now. So Oh, it, it would be waterworks central for me too. <laughs> right. Uh it just I mean you you remember that interaction I had with Stacy when they announced that, that Chase had won at Talladega. Oh yeah, after he turned off and we couldn't see him anymore and it was like, What happened? What happened? And then uh, Chase wins. I mean that was uh, yeah. I was like I I couldn't I was like I I I, I can't talk i'm so happy i don't even uh, i don't have the words <laughs> yeah. she's like oh she <laughs> yeah. gave me a hug you know like, i'm like it's you like, know i mean doesn't help nobody <laughs> so uh, every race fan should have the opportunity to see their race driver win in person our avatar for the podcast is after casey won and right. that was, uh, I talk about it often to people and, and maybe folks who don't understand it quite much. Like I've been to some pretty iconic sporting events and that is in the Mount Rushmore, uh, when Casey and, won. And, and that was right after he won the, uh, when Atlanta was the last one to, uh, to qualify in for the playoffs. And so it meant that much more. So anyway, I, I sort of interrupted your story, but yeah. No, no, it, it, it's fine. I mean, I think a lot of the folks that are going to listen to this have already heard it. But, I mean, you you and I were the same way. You watched Turn 2 for like 200 laps. Mm-hmm. And I watched Turn 3 for like 200 laps. Mm-hmm. And 
because you were saying, you know, you were looking at if he's coming off high, he's probably got a good car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if he's turning low in three, he's probably got a good car. Mm-hmm. And we're just hyper dialed in. Right. And we, you know, for, for those of maybe there's some new folks that are showing up, we have the little push button things where we can actually talk to each other. Rusty and I didn't talk to each other for like <laughs> the entire race. Like oh, man. that's how much it means to a race fan to watch their race car driver win a race. Yeah. Yeah. So it it I mean it it's awesome to see it on TV. I love seeing all the videos of people with their kids just, you know, throwing stuff around. I mean, that's why we flipped the couches, but being there in person <clears throat> It's a different it's story. Just, yeah. It's something wildly different. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sherwin, with that, why don't you close us out? Tell the people where they can find us what's coming up. All right. You can find us at PTM Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find at me at Pregame Engineer on Twitter and at Andrew L. Sherwin. And you can find us at PTM podcast.com he said it ptmpodcast.com at ptmpodcast on twitter and everywhere else you can find you know social medias can't wait to talk to y'all next week after dega it's going to be a wild race uh as always i'm rusty wallace at tailgate mayor can't wait to see y'all next week thanks for hanging out see ya